0: Hello and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I am Michael Wilcox with Stratascale. And today I have the pleasure of talking with David Sims, staff vice president, security technology services at Elevance Health. So David, thank you for meeting with me today.
1: Michael, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: I hear the term, the hospital of the future and I don't know what that looks like for me. I'd be interested in what you think the hospital of the future looks like and then how does innovation play in improving the experience in that environment?
1: I want to talk about innovation first and then we can talk a bit about my perception of the hospital. Perfect. The, um, the first thing about innovation is, is in when the, within some organizations, they think that innovation is a department where it's the unique... Uh, it's the unique um, responsibility of of a few and not of many. Innovation comes in all stripes. Innovation, if we think of the identity, identity and access management story I told you just a little bit ago, that's innovation from an information security standpoint and it will have a meaningful impact, right? It will mean something to the physicians it affects, to the patients they treat, to the things that come out of that system. It will be meaningful. And so innovation is something we can practice in information security, in data, in applications, and in business, and really any other part of an organization, innovation is is simply finding ways, different ways to think about things to make things better. And so, I've uh, I've pushed innovation with my teams for a decade. Right, we have to be smart. We have to push uh, push boundaries, and we have to challenge things. Our our responsibility is to to protect our business. Uh, who and, and, and we do that through protecting the information of those 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 uh, those people that trust us to do it. And so we're we're really protecting not just those people when we protect them, we're protecting the the viability of the business and the practices and things like that. And we need innovation for that. When we think about the hospital of the future, the hospital of the future is is really gonna be driven by knowledge, right? It's gonna be driven by knowledge that's available worldwide and accessible everywhere. Uh, ubiquity and it will be driven by knowledge of self. And what I mean by that is is I enter a hospital and the hospital knows who I am. Right? How does the hospital know who I am? Well there's a there's a variety of ways to make that happen. Uh, we talked about bio or procs or, or things like that. But if I'm an employee of the car of the of the organization, I'm probably carrying an identity card anyway. Within that ident- identity card there could be the methods that I need to access all the solutions that I that I'm responsible for, all the things that I need to make happen. Will be accessed and activated through some form of proximity either on my phone a card something yeah. and i'll be able to flow freely to those things that i need to do and i i will gain back those uh, those minutes and hours of time spent logging into systems figuring out passwords writing passwords to hide under my keyboard so that i can get logged in right it's it's uh it's it's eliminating that while maintaining security and governance of, of, of access of information and maintaining the security of the people that, that we protect, right? So it's making sure that the good, good people have access to the things that they need and the bad people are kept out. Bad actors will say.
0: Absolutely. And, and I see people embracing technology so much over the past few years. I see it every time I travel where there are different lines that you can go to, depending on how you want to authenticate yourself. In one case, you have to take off your shoes and remove your laptop. On the other end, you walk into a circle at Hartsfield Airport and the TSA is using biometrics and they just greet you by name and you walk right through. That's amazing. In healthcare, I think it's so important to think about the amount of time that it takes because people are accustomed to having technology assist them, right? They want things to be faster. So as you think about the kind of innovation that we're seeing in healthcare, is it going to be focused on patient care or is it going to be focused on the office experience or is it going to be kind of a hybrid holistically of all those things to focus on just getting things done more reliably and faster?
1: So I'd like to add delivery of care in that in that mix. And I will say that I, I really don't think that the population at large has the patience for us to, to wait on any of this. And so it'll be hybrid. We'll have to address all of these challenges at once. And we'll find ways to do that in AI, uh, in, uh, in zero trust models, in other advanced authentication. Um, I think... We can, for instance, the office experience, the patient experience, and the delivery experience are all enhanced when we make it easier to get to the systems we need to deliver care. And so we can use medical devices, Internet of Things. We can use other items, technologies to arrange. but We have to unify them, unify them in one place. That one place is through identity. We have to be able to make sure that the people that need to use the technologies or need to consume the technologies are identifiable by those solutions, so that those those things can happen, and so we have to get a, a really firm grasp on identity as an industry, and we have to be able to deliver on that on the promise of of uh, ubiquitous access, right? Uh, the 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 tools, the things around us, they're individually everything we need to do the work is here right now, but it's disorganized. We have to find a way to bring it all together, and modernize it, and then unify it through identity.
0: Yeah. And it goes back to what we were talking about before authenticating, not only when you're on premise, but when you're interacting with apps. Nowadays, so many people are pulling up an application for this, another application for that. And I'm sure you're seeing that kind of challenge as well with technology, where people are accustomed to being able to go out either to a website or download an app on their phone. But that introduces additional challenges for security leaders too, just around compliance. Like in the healthcare industry, you've got the Uh, HIPAA requirements as well so do you think that complying with those things it's kind of like a race to get the technology in place but also make sure that you can demonstrate compliance with those is there a sweet spot have you figured out a way to kind of blend those together so that you can deliver things quickly and also pass your audits when you get audited
1: i i wish i could say yes we could just move on but it's not really as simple as that um there with with almost every large organization, there is technical debt. There are older applications and things out there that must be maintained and utilized. And they they perform a, a critical function within the organization that has to be has to be done. And then we have that, that new stuff that we could have all built in to, to do the things that you're talking about. And we have the the chain that holds all of that stuff together. And that chain is is really complexity. There's a whole lot of different nuance, different complexities within the environment any large environment that we have to respect as we seek to secure it, seek to comply and seek to deliver. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as we, as we go to, to look at this, we have to to look at all of those facets and find and do a risk assessment, essentially of all of that and find the least risky, most, uh, most efficient way for the business to deliver the services that they want to deliver. Right. And the way that the the way that we can do that, the way we can speed that up is to continue modernization and, and really digital innovation, digital uh, transformation, that, that's the key, right? We're going to have to do more of that. And we're going to have to look at a lot of our our uh, very uh, very sacred systems, the systems that no one wants to touch because there's so much stuff in it and we do so many things with it and we're required to do it so fast. We're going to have to be able to go, go to those systems and demand change there too, right? Because we can't change everything around the system and then expect to be better off because we're still dealing with that same monolith. And and that means that that we as professionals have to put pressure on ourselves and the organizations, but we also have to put pressure on service providers who still think monoliths are okay, right? We have to push them to modernize as well.
0: Yeah, really good points. And the last one I wanted to land on this is just around AI. I listened to podcasts, and if you had a little tally marker for every time they said AI, you could fill up a piece of paper. We haven't done that today, but you did touch upon the importance of artificial intelligence. So I am interested in hearing your thoughts. Are there any specific security gaps that we need to address as we start to automate and provide self-service options, especially if the chat and generative AI is assisting in providing those responses to patients in general.
1: So there is an awful lot of power within AI technologies, within large learning model models, within machine learning, or within expert systems. There's an awful lot of capability technology already out there, um, and it's you know it's it's freely available. We can go and visit ChatGPT. We can look at at Bing Chat or, or Bard, and we can we can consume AI right now. And as individuals, that's great and we should be doing that because we need to learn more about it. We need to know more about it. But as businesses and organizations, we need to be very cognizant of contracts and acceptable use policies for those those uh, free and freely available solutions that are out there. Now, I would advise anyone that's looking at these for business solutions to look very carefully at the arrangements they're going to need to make with the service providers to ensure that they maintain compliance. Now, Mm -hmm. you can absolutely achieve compliance with AI. Most, organ- most large organizations are using some form of AI right now, right? They have, they have some kind of a call system. They have some kind of a chat bot. There are, now these are, these are certainly not as smart as the things that we're talking about now, but they have them. And so it's not, a, it's not as new and revolutionary sometimes as we get sold. And so we have to, the things that we would do for those things are the things that we do for these things. Right? We have to go out and we have to look very carefully at contracts and agreements. We have to look very carefully at the way information is passed and delivered. We have to make sure that we understand what we're putting into the system and what we're getting back out of it. Right. And who owns that information or those those uh, essentially those business secrets or the secret sauce of our organization. So we have to be very cognizant of what we're putting in at the, at the front end and what's happening at the back end. In addition to that, I, I would advise anyone that hasn't considered it to to look at responsible AI and look at forming a responsible AI committee, so that they can look at how they're consuming artificial intelligence, machine learning, and so that they can set up governance around that now, so that they're they're not chasing the this uh, this forest fire in rears, right? We we need to be out in front of it. So it means we need to be able to track and trace, you know, the decisions that we make to bring AI to the to the to the organization and trace the decisions that that uh, AI makes for us and the way that we model and the way that we feed information to it we're going to need to be able to explain all of that and we need to understand the regulatory environment around it.
0: I think that's a really important point, and it's not a technology answer. What you're talking about in terms of having a steering committee, in terms of understanding how you want to use AI within your environment, and then the obligations that you have to protect the data as well, that's really incumbent upon the leaders in the organization, right? Even if we had really good AI standards, and there are some that are starting to emerge now, maybe a little bit later than we had hoped. Like for myself, but I think that's really important: is to get the proper governance structure in place, so you can have those important conversations about how you address it. So, really important points. Um, yeah,
1: I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think uh, I think technology has a place, but it really falls to us. We're the we're the tactical execution arm of the will of the organization, and so responsible AI is that committee that forms around the technical delivery folks, certainly. But it's it's leadership and it's it's uh it's all aspects of the organization understanding what, you know, or seeking to understand the impacts of of these solutions as they bring them in.
0: I love it. And the thing I like about you too, David, is the sense of excitement and enthusiasm because you can get hit over the head with FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt when it comes to some of this stuff. But it sounds like you're doing a lot of these really important things within your organization. And I can't believe how the time flew here today, but I think that's pretty much everything that I had for you today. So again, I want to thank you, David, for joining me here today. And for our listeners, we want to make sure that you visit cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews. So thank you, David.
1: Thanks, Michael. It was a pleasure.